entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And good Friday morning, everybody. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host for Your Palace, Your Place. A fast-paced 50 minutes or so of uh, potpourri, of entertainment and interviews, some uh, pop culture, you name it, and we throw it into the pot. Of course, we talk all, all about the Palace Theater, the beautiful Palace Theater right here in beautiful Waterbury. And Waterbury, I'm telling you, there is so much excitement so many things. I'm reading the headline this morning, the Republican American, about the um, plans for East Main Street and um, the state being uh, very generous again to Waterbury and giving us some bonding money so we can continue to upgrade East Main Street, where of course the Palace Theater is, and and across the street is uh, Yukon Waterbury Branch, and, and to our right is the Arts Magnet School. So we're definitely a hub and. We uh, look forward to some cosmetic upgrades. They're long overdue. And hopefully we get some great additional neighbors to the neighborhood um, with those upgrades. That will complement what's already there. So very exciting news. I did want to give a shout out this morning before we get into um, you know, our show and uh, our guests. I was um, fortunate. We, uh, The Palisader was a sponsor again this year of the Business Women's Forum which was held Tuesday at La Bella Vista. And many of you uh, know that it is um, part of, although it's a separate entity, but grew out of the Waterbury Regional Chamber. And so that's who uh, manages it and gets it um, up and running every year. Wonderful committee chaired this year by Sue Mellett, the board of directors for the Business Women's Forum. You know, it was a fabulous event. Um, the keynote speaker was so oh, skinny girl. What's her name? I can't think of her name. <laughs> but she was oh Brittany. Uh, no, Bethany. Um, Bethany Frankel. And thank you. <laughs> and uh, she was she was uh, you know gave some very good uh, information. But who I want to give a shout out to about this is are three people. The first one is Lynn Ward. Lynn is an exceptional leader, and why I'm bringing this up today is because she has allowed and um, to grow, and she's developed two of her staff, and that is Courtney Leachy and Julie. Oh my God, I can't think of Julie's last name. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Julie. I it just I'm blanking out, but. These two young women, and they are young women, they're millennials, they were the hosts, and somebody, tell me Julie's last name, I'm so embarrassed. I know her name like I know the back of my hand. Anyway, these two young women were the hosts this year, the MCs, and they did an awesome, awesome job. They were poised, they were funny, they they um, were very well versed in what they needed to do, and I just wanted to give a public shout out to them and to Lynn, because without that kind of leadership who recognizes talent and helps it to develop and nurtures it, you know, it, it, it goes on, you know, undeveloped. So, um, shout out to all of you three women. It's a pleasure to know all of you, and I just wanted to be sure to mention that today. Um, anyway, we're here today with a lady 
a woman that I have wanted to have on for a long, long time. And she's an author. Uh, she's an educator. She's a mentor. Uh, she is. Uh, she's even a travel agent <laughs> or a travel guide. Um, but she's so interesting. I'm getting to know her um, as I as I was preparing for the show, and um, and yes, but I can't see that far, Johnny. Oh. Is, it, is it Julie? It is. Julie Donato, Donato, D-O-N-A. Julie Donato. Yes, thank you, Johnny. Julie, my apologies. And uh, that was the other young woman I was speaking of earlier. So anyway, um, but now I have Mary Donnarumma Sharnick as a guest. And I'm just so thrilled because, as I said, I've been you know, wanting to invite you to be a part of our show uh, for a long time, uh, particularly when your first book, um, came out, Orla's Canvas. Yes, well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's nice to see some faces whose voices I hear on WATR. So that's a thrill. Um, <laughs> at any rate, yes, there were two books before Orla's Canvas yes. that were historical fiction books set in Venice. I know. And, and that, let, let's, let me, um, I want to talk about those because there's another spin. But not yet. There. Okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> but Orla's Canvas, what was, I was starting to pay attention to you. Oh, then. thank you. Yes. And um, tell us a little bit about Orla's Canvas, because it's now part of a four-book series. Correct. Orla's Canvas is the first in a quartet of novels called the Orla Paints series. And I have to say, Orla feels like a human being in my mind, oh. which is a little scary to some people. <laughs> uh, I was looking out the kitchen window in 2003. And a rabbit was running by in the backyard, and the rabbit stopped. And I noticed for the first time, even though I'd seen many rabbits in my lifetime to that moment, that when a rabbit stops, it doesn't really stop moving. It kind of quivers. Uh. And for whatever reason, into my mind came this 11-year-old girl who was a painter, an artist, a budding artist, a, pro a prodigy. And uh, she was like that rabbit. She was tensile. She was smart. She was never stopping. And that's how Orla happened to me. And she won't quit talking. So wow. <laughs> well, well, Mary, I've only known you for probably 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes. And I would say that I see some of Orla's qualities in you. <laughs> but Orla's good. much, much cooler than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that, Mary. You're a pretty cool cat. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> So anyway, what's the what is the premise and what genre do you, you, you know is are these books? Yes, so so or the Orla Paint series would be in the contemporary fiction category. Although uh, the first book, told in the first person as they all will be, Orla's eleven years old. And so that's a real coming of age book. And I've been very fortunate because uh, my audience is an intended adult audience, but lately um, some schools um, with students in the 7th or the ninth or the 11th grade have uh, felt that Orla maybe is useful to them because the context of Orla's Canvas is the civil rights movement mm -hmm. in 1962 Louisiana, and um, Orla is um, a a white girl living in an environment where, in which she's loved, so she has not experienced some of the horror until
until the summer of her 11th year when terrible things happen because of racism in her town. And then in the the book that's just out now, Painting Mercy, she's 24 years old and Uh she's been to the Big Apple and she's gone to NYU and she returns home for a wedding expecting a nice relaxing visit. And the context of that novel is the um, end of the Vietnam War, the fall of Saigon. So the the detritus of the Vietnam situation comes home. Her um, best friend's brother is suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome, and a number of Vietnamese refugees have settled in New Orleans. And Orla meets a young girl, Mercy. Uh, And Mercy is not speaking due to the trauma she's been through. But Mercy likes to paint. And so Orla and Mercy are brought together in the hopes that her painting, Orla's painting and Mercy's painting both, will lead the doctors and nurses to some sort of understanding about what Mercy needs. You know, this is fascinating to me. I did a little bit of research on you. And I I say research. I went to your website, which she has a fabulous website. Uh, And that's due to Nancy Bradley. (laughs) Okay. Shout out to Nancy. It's it's, uh, exceptional, I would say. Easy to navigate. Get great information. As I'm hearing you describe the um, uh, timeline of your novels... I'm here. Uh, two things. One, it's 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 the fabric of the society. Mm-hmm. You know, you've lived. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, the yes. timeline matches, yes. and also that whole piece that you just mentioned about Orla mentoring in some way Mercy to mm-hmm. get her to be able to speak of mm-hmm. the horrors she's experienced. You're a mentor to other writers, and I learned this from your website. You weren't. You didn't even. You were shy. You didn't even. Uh, shy, shy would not be how I would describe Mary, but uh, you're modest. Let's say it that way. You're humble, but you also do that, and I, you mentor other writers. I, I think that's fascinating. So I hear this, this kind of. You say, you know, Orla won't stop talking because it's your memories through Orla or your life lived. It sounds a little bit like. Well, I do use fiction to try to figure out mm-hmm. what I think about dilemmas in the world. Well, I want to read, too. Um, I did copy this um, because I thought it was interesting. Um, where did I put this now? I wrote, I, I thought it was so good. Your, it was your statement. Um, Mary, where do I have this? It was so good. Mary, you must know it by heart. So, um I don't know where I I copied and pasted it. I thought it was at the beginning of all my notes here. Was it about what the historian does and the novelist? Yes. Yes. Well, so one of my... um, Oh, here it is. Oh, there you go. Two (laughs) comments from noted American writers frame my motivation and my method. The first belongs to Flannery O'Connor. I write, who said, I write because I don't know what I think until I read what I say. And the second... Springs from E.L. Doctorow, who I love. The historian will tell you what happened. The novelist will tell you what it felt like. Yeah, so by nature, I'm not political. I'm more interested in what makes individual human beings tick. And I don't think I'll ever know, which is why fiction is a perfect place for me. Because in fiction, all writers get to explore 
and we explore through the eyes and the experience of one protagonist, you know, who is always um, either at war or at peace or in turmoil with herself, and then trying to deal with her family unit, her community, and then wondering about the big cosmic ideas. Yes. Yeah. That's why I love fiction. Yeah. And it's so true because it does help us see things through someone else's eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe uh, particularly when you bring in historical um, uh, experiences and and moments in history that actually happen. And you can step back and go, you know, I didn't think of it in those terms. Right. So I'm doing research now for the third one, and I'm so fortunate um, with my wonderful husband, who really does every single thing that an agent <laughs> does. Uh. And uh, he uh, was kind enough to surprise me with uh, a trip last summer to Fiesole, Italy, which is a little town above Florence in the hills. It's a beautiful town and uh, it was settled by the Etruscans there's a wonderful amphitheater there but in 1944 it was a Nazi stronghold and the happily for me to know uh, being of Italian uh, extraction the people of Fiesole did not want the Nazis there and there were actually martyrs that that gave their lives so other people in the town could be saved and um so part of the next novel will take place in 1944, and then the other part, with alternating chapters, will take place in 1989, when Orla, who will be in her later 30s, yes. uh, will have inherited the Contessa's uh, Ooh, villa, oh. which served as an orphanage during World War II. And, of course, what was the, the turmoil of the 80s? AIDS. And so yes. somehow, 1944... And 1989 will find themselves merging in Orla's oh, world. Love, then. I love, I love how your mind thinks. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about your first two novels because okay. there's something interesting happening with those as well. So stay tuned to your palace, your place. We'll be back right after this break. Entertaining new possibilities. The palace theater, your palace, your place. And we are back with Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host. And we're continuing our conversation with Nancy Donnarumma Sharnick, uh, who Mary. is... Mary. Nancy's, I call Nancy's, Nancy's next. next. That's Mary. all right. Mary Donnarumma. A lovely, a lovely lady to be named after. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, but, Mary, you you and I have just met, and I feel like I've known you a long time. I agree. Time, I agree. And I love your energy. <laughs> and, and many of you know Mary was uh, formerly on the staff of Chase Collegiate School as an instructor of English for right, 21, 21 years. years. Yes. 21 wonderful years. years. And wonderful years. And <laughs> what I love about um, you, Mary, is that you have parlayed what she something you're passionate about because something on your website was that I totally loved that you said you've been a writer since the day you filled out your first library your library card yes so and you said there's a story with that Oh, yes. Uh, every Saturday when we were children, um, my mother would disappear. I still don't know where she went, but <laughs> she went somewhere. And my father took then the three of us because at that point, my very baby brother, Mike, was not even born yet. So the three of us uh, would go with my dad and we'd go to Uncle Dom's barber shop, and the, my father and brother would get their hair cut. And after that, we'd go to the library, the Silas Bronson Library, the old building. Oh. And the adult section was 
on the ground floor and the children's section was on the second floor. And we went and I was loving reading and being read to. And so my parents thought this would be the day that I would get a library card. Well, I don't really know how old I was, but I didn't yet know how to write my name. So... Uh, I couldn't get the card. So my dad said, we'll be back. So we went home and we sat down at the table and I held the pencil, you know, the way young children hold it. And I learned to write my name. And of course, the Donna Ruma went down the side of the paper. (laughs) But within an hour or an hour and a half, we went back to the library. I signed my name and that was my ticket Uh, to my life because words really are, you know, I love teaching and writing equally. Yes. And and words are the connection yes. to both. I, I agree with you. I mean, my memories of going to the library, I lived in Wolk and I grew up in okay. Wolk. <laughs> and we had a little tiny library at the time. Um, I think they use it as a municipal building now. But it had that delicious <laughs> uh, smell when you walked in of books. And I would come out with armfuls bigger than, uh, higher than I was tall. I am because I'm not very tall anyway. And back then I certainly wasn't uh, as a child. But I loved it. And even to this day, I love my little Bunker Hill branch. Yes. I mean, I, I love it because, of course, it reminds me of my small library when right? I was a kid. And I just love coming out with a stack of books. Of course, now I can't read a stack of books like I used to because I'm snoring in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a good way to go to sleep, it though, is, to, to lose but, yourself in a story. But it's like having too much of a good thing. You know, I say to myself, you know you're never going to get through these books in 14 days, um, you know, so, or whatever, even 30, whatever it is. Um, usually I go for the new releases, so they're 14 uh-huh. days. But um, anyway, but it, the library and reading and literacy, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, so important. Of course it's important. Yes. And I can't imagine a life without books. Yes. And I and thank some, you oh, for no. being one of those people that bring that to us. Thank you. I mean, there are very young children who really are readers. I know we read all about bad news and mm-hmm. reading, but, yeah. but I have students who are readers, and I think the trick is just to find what it is that will pique their interest, yes. and then you've yes. got them, Absolutely. you know, and then they read forever. Before you leave, because we have another wonderful guest whose name who's is name Nancy, is <laughs> <laughs> not Mary, um, I, I do want to go back to your first two books that um, started everything, yeah. um, Thirst and Play, yes. which they both sound quite Yes, they're, they're, they're a little bit dark. Um, yes, I am obsessed with Italy, if I haven't said that before. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason is because I had such a wonderful childhood and an extended family with my uh, immigrant grandparents, you know. Uh, and so um, I've had the very good fortune to visit Italy many times. And the first place that really got me was Venice. And it got me the same way New Orleans does in the Orla Paint series. Both Venice and New Orleans are, first of all, watery cities. Mm. And they're cities that, that have uh, both the um, the beautiful and the gritty and, and the somewhat horrific, you know, at the same time. Mm. And that provides for wonderful conflict sure. in, in fiction. Sure. So, um, 
I started doing some research that seemed really simple at the time. I thought, what if I have a fairy tale-like story in which one sister is destined to be married and the other, as was common in uh, Venice in the 17th century and, and earlier, is destined for the convent? What if I had something happen that switched the sisters. Oh. It seemed really simple. Uh, and then it turned into something I had not expected, full of conflict and and, and trouble. And um, I have a former colleague from Chase Collegiate, um, Bob Kucherfellow, who was the drama director. I'm sure you know him. Mm-hmm. And um, the summer of 2012, after Thursday had come out, Bob did something very generous on Facebook. Every Monday, he would mention a friend of his who had published something or was in a play or, or was doing some sort of cultural thing. And he mentioned that book one Monday. And a few days later, I got an email from a gentleman named Gerard Cusano, and it began, Dear Miss Sharnick, this is not a joke. I am Bob Kutrafella's friend, and I would like to turn thirst into an opera. So I screamed. I know it was the summertime, <laughs> the windows were open, and God knows what the neighbors thought. But uh, but there you are. So everyone has day jobs. Uh-huh. So the opera's taking a while, too, too, but we do have music, and we do have two acts. Bob and uh, is a librettist, along with Mary Cusano, Jerry's wife, okay. and Jerry is the composer, a Juilliard trained man, and it's just so exciting. Oh my <laughs> I can't gosh. hardly believe it. And, and just the premise of that story that you just oh, told mm-hmm. lends itself to that format. That's it what seems. Bob told me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Well, Mary, I know that I could talk to you for a long, long time. So we'll have to get together again. We will have to get together again. And just to remind our listeners, um, Mary's latest book that's out right now is Painting Mercy. And it's um, and you don't need to read the first to no you don't need to but but um I mean both will be uh, both are on sale locally tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow yeah tomorrow um Robin uh, the manager of Barnes Noble has been kind enough to invite me I'll be there from one to three in the afternoon all are welcome and, uh, and you'll be signing books be signing books holiday season coming yes, up absolutely and uh they again Barnes Noble has been continues to be terrific to the local authors that and invite is wonderful. In. That is wonderful. And I'm already inviting Mary to hopefully be part of our second act series next year. I accept. <laughs> she has some good information for those of you who have a story in your head or, um, you know, on paper and in how to get that from page to publisher. So, um, Mary, I'm going to have you uh, back hopefully on our series uh, next year and hopefully it's successful this year so we can have a next year and speaking of that i want you to we're going to go to a break but i want you to stay tuned because we are our next guest up is nancy schuler and she is the inspiration for the second act series so stay tuned entertaining new possibilities the palace theater your palace your place They're playing our song, as Johnny said. <laughs> Welcome back. If you're listening to Your Palace, Your Place, uh, presentation of the Palace Theater right here in wonderful Waterbury. And I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host. And I'm so excited to have my next guest back with us because um, Nancy Schuler, who is our guest, um, is an inspiration to me. She really, in so many ways, has... Um, just inspired me of what 
one can do with their life. And I'm laughing because <laughs> as she'll tell her story, but um, let me backtrack a little bit. Nancy and I met, and I just said to her before we came on, um, it's been I think just about a I year so. yeah, to the date year. that we met. We met it's at our the, anniversary. It's our Jerry. anniversary. Our friend, ver, friend, what is it called? A friendiversary or a friend something on Facebook? <laughs> a friendsversary. Um, but anyway, Nancy and I met at the Mattatech Museum last year, right before the Palace Theater presented our phenomenal engagement of Phantom of the Opera. We had an exhibit of the Phantom costumes at the Mattatech Museum that they were gracious enough to put up and partner with us on. And Nancy was a guest for the opening night gala of that exhibit. And I just trotted over to Nancy. She, You know why? I have to say, Nancy is very beautiful and you stand out in a crowd you stand out in a crowd nancy and so i was like who is this woman i don't know her so i you know went over and introduced myself and met both she and, and her lovely husband ed who's here with us in studio as well and I'm laughing because there's a there's a little bit of piece of Ed that we're going to share, too. <laughs> but anyway, so Nancy and I met, and she told me her story, her personal story. And I was like, and some of you who listen to this show, you've heard this before, so I'm repeating myself. Yes, and I know it. You don't have to say I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> <laughs> but Nancy, uh, I, I just said, Nancy, your story is great. I want to share it on our, our Palace radio show. Would you be a guest? And she was so nice to say yes. We had a bit of a, a time, kind of coordinate a date, because she's so busy. Wow. But we finally did. Yeah. And and then, and I'm giving you this backstory for a reason. And then I thought, oh, let's name this segment that she's going to be a guest on, Second Act. And after she was on, I went to my boss, Frank Tavera, at the Palace, our wonderful CEO, and I said, Frank, I said, I have a germ of an idea here. What do you think of this? What if we put together a series, like a speaker series, but I hate that stuffy word, speaker series, but life story series of people who are doing some fascinating things in the second act of their life? And he said, I like it. I like it a lot. Let's see if we can get it um, some funding. And we were very fortunate to get the Connecticut Community Foundation to underwrite, to grant us actually a grant to produce the series. I put together nine months of present yeah. presenters. Nancy, of course, was one is one of them, and her presentation is coming up on November fifth. No, it's a, uh, November November tenth. November 10th. November I'm sorry. 10th. Why do I keep saying the 5th in my head? It's November 10th. November 10th. November 10th, which is a Saturday. And um, so, Nancy, welcome back to your oh, palace. Oh, thank you, Sherry. You know, you are one of the most creative people I've ever met. So, here I was uh, on your radio program, and we had a little conversation, and you can see your wheels spinning, and uh, all of a sudden, she turned this conversation into a a nine-month program at the Palace Theater. It was in right on the spot. And right after we finished talking, you came up with that idea and <laughs> told me, I thought, wow, we have to 
talk to this woman more often. Well, Nancy, I think you're the creative one, and that's what we're here to talk about this morning. Because um, in your presentation for Second Act, you're not only going to tell your story in the logical, you know, w- you know, first person. You're also going to perform for us. I am, and Sherry. I'm so excited about this because I didn't know what to perform, and um, I decided that I am going to do um, two two pieces, and one is I'm half Italian, half Irish, and one is a piece where I speak as my Irish grandmother, and I had the idea, I didn't tell you this, to contact my cousins who did not know my grandmother. They were young when she died, and they didn't really know her, and I said, you have to come to the Palace Theater. Oh, I love this. So I don't have a lot of cousins, but a few of them are coming, and um, they're going to hear me speak as their grandmother. Well, let me tell you. Okay, so let me give the backstory. Nancy was, and I don't want to give everything away of her presentation. She had a past life where she did something for many years. Then she started to, to uh, had a desire to express herself in the written word and began to write, I would call them one woman pieces, one right. woman monologues. monologues right. <laughs> and um, I had, uh, and there's more to the story. Then she went to New York and has performed in New York. But I had the privilege to see this piece performed and I am your family members who come to this are going to be so moved this piece was so moving and not to have known your your family story and for them to to see it this way uh, wow I I can't wait to watch them as they see you present their grandmother's story well the whole thing started with me doing my Italian grandmother's story and once I saw that Oh, people seem to enjoy it. Then I started writing more. And, you know, I have two grandmothers. Uh, I know a lot of women. Uh, yeah. I'm always interviewing women. So let's let's write stories about women. Yeah. And then uh, you are very clever. I saw you perform. I know you're not. I, I, you say you're not going to do this locally. No, I'm not. <laughs> very clever with words. Let me just say that. Very, very clever with words. And um, funny. You have uh, you, uh, you have fun. Well, I'm going set. to do a comedy for oh, you good. also on the 10th. Okay. And uh, it's new. And as a matter of fact, uh, my husband is going to join me because it's not a monologue. Okay. It's uh, a, a one-act play. Short. So one-act play needs yes. two people. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, we're going to give him... Three minutes of fame too. <laughs> well, I think what's what's I love about this, and and you know, talk about second acts. Um, I know your husband was a, a professor, right? Well, he was in business for many years, okay. and then a professor okay. in his second, and now oh, he's in boy. his third act. He's, he's in my act. <laughs> oh, he's in your act. Well, he's now come along not only for the right, and he's very supportive to you. I see him with you always, you know, there cheering you on. But you've now, um, I don't know, you've created a monster perhaps because... (laughs) He's now acting, and you just told me he's in an actual commercial with you. You know, uh, my, my I have my story has legs, so I'm acting. I'm doing commercials, and yesterday, I filmed a commercial in Hartford at the Wadsworth Athenaeum, and it blew back. And uh, my husband got cast in it, 
as my husband. <laughs> and they didn't know we were married until oh we got gosh. there. And uh, they put us together. They said, you two have some chemistry going. Yeah, 43 years of chemistry. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what I you call that. it. But, so that now is a great he's, story. he's acting too. Yeah. Well, was he just hanging on the set and they said, come here? No, no. You? My agent uh, said that they were looking for two people. I took a picture of him on my phone. I mean, no headshot. And I said, he's very cute, I might add. <laughs> and uh, I sent it in. And uh, he's had some experience now acting in my plays. But oh. this was his first commercial. Wow. And I've I, created a monster now. You know, he, I don't know. Are you getting an he, agent? Editor? Yeah, he's asked, he asked. <laughs> I heard him ask somebody in the lobby. Somebody said, do you want my autograph? And, <laughs> <laughs> I want a commission now. You know, that's what I... Uh, <laughs> that's right. You, I get my 10% need, or 20%, absolutely. whatever they get. So, um, so so, this is all fascinating. And then yesterday, you um, emailed me about another project you're, you're doing. And, and you want to talk a little bit well, about that? Um, you know, I've been writing one-act plays now. In the two years I've been doing this, I wrote nine one-act plays and six monologues. And I've been performing them all over the place but I've recently uh, decided to do a full-length play and I have submitted it to two places uh, so far but full-length plays it's a whole new ball game I mean anyone who goes to plays can maybe understand how sometimes the second act is a little drippy yes Uh, yes. it's just they're writing words just to stretch it out first act you're into it the second act is difficult and the third act then is usually the the climax it's great so I found it difficult but I did it good for you and then I was uh, really pushy I asked Sherry to write me I needed a letter of recommendation and she's like the best (laughs) you're a good friend now and uh, you're so articulate and you when I asked you to, you didn't say, um, oh, yes, I'd be able to do it. She's like, oh, you know, in, in her email, I'm doing, I'll do it right now. So thank you. You're very so welcome. So I've sent this out and um, we'll see what happens. Hey, uh, I'm, would... I'm just um, hopeful that I get comp tickets when it's <laughs> produced <laughs> and it's a hit. But now, it, what's yeah. the premise? What's the story about? Well, I actually took three one act plays that I had done and um, they're 10 minutes each. And a full length play has to be 92 and hour and a half 90 minutes to an hour and a half so I had to write do a lot of writing and I had to change the characters to make it flow so this is going to be um it is about a woman Marion who is in an unhappy marriage and then later uh she leaves him and then she tries dating and the second act is a comedy and then in the third act she's an older woman but she still is going back in her mind to being married to henry and she still thinks he's there so the third act is kind of sad first act is um angry the second act is is funny and the third act is sad we'll we'll see what happens i've also submitted it um I, i forget where that one was was like was Ed knows he mailed it out, but I've also submitted the same play uh, to a contest in Rome. Uh, and I, I'm not expecting to to be chosen, but it forced me to do it. And uh, I go to Rome every year. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to be there again in January. Oh, when they choose the play. No, a play it won't yes. be mine i'm, I'm not uh, oh, well, but you never know but so but know. it's it's i feel like i'm part of the international world by just 
sent mailing things out. Wow, I, that is so exciting. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And I, you know what? And let, let's talk a little bit. I want people to understand that we have. Um, you here today to actually invite people to come November 10th, which is the third presentation of our uh, nine nine part series called Second Act. Um, but they stand alone on their own; they're individual. Um, and I'm getting I'm getting the high sign. We have five more minutes. So, but um, on November 10th, we're we're doing a presentation with Nancy Schuler to talk about her second act in in its fullness. And not only our second act presentations are have been fabulous so far. We had a, a, a blues and rock musician mm-hmm. for the first one who had been in the corporate world, Tom Forrest, in the second one. We had Martin Herman, a mystery writer who was so delightful. What a storyteller he was. And now Nancy, um, who I know is a great storyteller and performer. And just so if you're curious about this, not only do you get these wonderful people to learn something from and perhaps be inspired by t- to discover your own second act or third act, uh, but you get a meal. You get fed. And it's, <laughs> I mean, like food is important. It's, it's I mean, important. People. Mm-hmm. And it's all for the mere price of $25 or $20 if you're an AARP member or an OLLI member. Uh, OLLI is our local um, uh, program over at UConn Mm -hmm. Waterbury. So um, it's November. This one is November 10th. It's a Saturday at noon. I wanted to just kind of play around with the time um, and see if... I think that's a good time. But but I want to encourage people to come because I'm going to talk first about growing up in Waterbury what the Palace Theater meant to all of us growing up in Waterbury. But I I think people will enjoy hearing about things that happened in Waterbury way back. And they can relate to. And (laughs) then there'll be the Q&A with you so people can, you know, say, hey, how do you do do what you're doing? I'm sort of interested or I know somebody that might be interested. So Nancy Schuler is going to be a delight on November 10th or our third presentation in our second act series we have two minutes three minutes left so i want to kind of segue back and remind people that um the palace theater of course has a busy season ahead this this year we've already kicked it off and we've had some fabulous shows so far the next show coming up for those of you and nancy you know references if you grew up in waterbury and went to the palace theater in the 70s you're going to have a flashback opportunity on november 10th as well in the evening for um legends of southern rock um with poco firefall and pure prairie league and i know they speak to my era um, and I'm sure my husband was there for a concert with these guys at some point at the palace back in the 70s. Well they are going to be back with us on November 10th, 8pm, Saturday evening. That's coming up and then of course the iconic Bob Dylan, November 20th and I have to say pretty much sold out. There might be a smattering of tickets here and there but if you want to say I finally got to see him or I want to see him again um i would say tick tock tick tock you know you'll, you'll need to call the palace and by the way our website is palacetheaterct.org where you can get more information about our broadway series next show up is rudolph the red-nosed reindeer where this 
on the matinee, during the matinee performance, or for the matinee performance, we have a sensory-friendly performance. So those of you who might have children or grandchildren who need uh, a, a low level of sound and lighting is kept on during the performance in the audience, those particularly on the autism spectrum, this might be your opportunity to bring them to a show where they will be comfortable and uh, be able to enjoy a performance. So lots going on. Call the Palace Theater box office if you have questions, 203-346-2000. It's been my pleasure to be your host once again for your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, and until next time, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and please remember, you need to vote. It's important. It's our civic duty, and that's all I have to say. We'll see you next time on Your Palace, Your Place. Bye-bye. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Water